0: Welcome to Rebloom, a podcast that serves women who want to fully discover themselves, the women who are willing to go out on the skinny branch and grow and become all of who they are meant to be. I am your host, Tiffany Howgroot, and as a mom of three with 20 years of experience building businesses globally alongside raising a family, I have a lot to share with you. My biggest source of inspiration for this podcast was a realization I had when I was resisting life changes. Once I surrendered and accepted the changes, these words came to me It's not a midlife crisis, it's a midlife awakening. On this podcast, you will hear valuable life, leadership, and entrepreneurial lessons that I have learned over the past 24 years being a mother, leader, and entrepreneur. I will also share with you more about my midlife awakening and how you can rebloom and pivot when it's time so that you can live in alignment with your true self. Prepare your heart for self-discovery and self-actualization that will create expansion and growth that will lead you to living your purpose-filled life. Thank you for being here. You can also find me on your favorite social media platforms by searching my name, Tiffany How good! Hi friends, welcome to Rebloom. I am so happy you are here. Today, I have a really special friend joining us. Leah and I met in high school and we instantly connected and our friendship has continued over the years. Leah and I have the type of friendship where we don't have to see each other for one, two, or even three years, and we can just pick right back up right where we left off the last time we saw each other. There are no expectations. We just love each other and accept each other for where we are at in life. Leah is a mom of two amazing humans, and she also works full-time in a company and career that she absolutely loves. Over the last four years, she has been on a journey of reawakening, recreating, rebuilding, and re-blooming. And today, Leah is going to share some of her re-blooming story with you. Leah, thank you so much for being here.
1: Find introduction. Thank you so much. It has been many years, hasn't it?
0: Lots it really, it really has.
1: <laughs> Lots of adventures. <laughs> yeah. So
0: many adventures. <laughs> so many
1: pizza pops at lunchtime. Yeah. This
0: is true. This <laughs> is true. But look, look at where we are today, which is so amazing. I mean, both you and I, Grew up in Saskatchewan. And then, shortly after graduating high school, we moved out to Alberta. And it's pretty amazing that we are here in the same city together.
1: It is. Yeah. So, like, it's pretty, pretty cool when you look at the circumstances and coincidences. So,
0: absolutely. And I believe that everything happens for a reason. So, let me just jump right into the first question that I have for you today. Number one, first question is, what does the word rebloom mean to you?
1: Well, I really sat with that term and looked at how to interpret that through my experience. And I would say the most accurate description of the word uh, is more of a beautiful transition and evolution from a past or current state into a new state. So that's kind of what it means to me.
0: I love that, a transition. So tell me more about that. Tell me more about a transition or a transformation in your life.
1: So as I was thinking about this conversation we're having today, I know I I like to, as you know, I joked with you that my midlife crisis was just in September of this year. But as I was thinking about this conversation today, I realized that it actually started in June 2019. And I had never really seen the big picture for what it was, but I remember very distinctly the epiphany moment I had. It was actually June 29th, 2019, because the date is always there, getting ready in the morning, uh, actually to head out for the weekend and just had that moment where you're in the mirror and you're doing your hair and this small, still voice says, is this who you want to be? And is this the life you want for the rest of your life? And just in that moment of silence, that like loud, resounding word "no" came to me, and right from then, all of the reblooming and the transformations and the shifting started happening. So,
0: okay, so tell me a little bit more about that, Leah. Who was Leah essentially before her rebloom?
1: Well, at that time, I should say, at that time, I was, I still am, but at that moment in time, I was a mom of two younger humans, four years younger than they are now, and a wife, and living a life that had a lot of turbulence and a lot of negativity. And you just know inside your heart when something is not right, and it's not the way you feel like it should be, or not the kind not the kind of experience you want to be having. And that was what my daily experience was at that time. I really was at that time of a mindset of being the solutioner and the fixer and the provider. I was really trained from childhood to live life the way a man does, uh, to interpret the world around me the way a man does, and to function the way a man does. So I was always a very... I was always very assertive, but I would say that it was more so from a very, very firm position and tough love and hard around the edges and, and hyper independent, as in like, I didn't need help. I didn't want help. I would do everything myself. And while all those things are excellent skills to have, they also led to a very turbulent experience and a very, just a very conflict filled decade, if not more, I would say Right from my early twenties until 2019, when I would have been how old am I now? Dare I say mid 40s? Uh, right till I was 40. In fact, my 40th year was a pivotal year for me. Coincidentally, I just didn't see that at that time. as what I now refer to as my midlife awakening. We'll call it because I like that term of yours much better than my term of midlife crisis. But yeah, so back in those days, I was had a very different outlook and view and engagement in life. So,
0: And with regards to conflict, so you said that there was a lot of conflict in your life. Where where was this conflict? Was it in a marriage? Was it with your children? Was it with your career? Tell me more about the conflict and, and where it showed up in your life.
1: So the conflict really stems from, believe it or not, the the next phase of what this journey turned into. It was really, I see it now as a result of my own attachment style in life and relationships, which stemmed really from trauma, from rejection and abandonment. But because of my survival skills coming through and adapting to life, living that way, I had chosen romantic relationships that were opposite balanced, where I carried the masculine energy not even realizing I did, uh, but referencing again to how I was raised, right? Raised to do life the way a man would, you know? So I was in very unbalanced relationships and just by nature versus nurture. And they were very high conflict relationships, which led to conflict with my spouse, led to conflict with my kids, led to a conflict in values and beliefs and parenting methods. It was just, when I say, extremely turbulent it was extremely turbulent for a very long time and it didn't really seem to matter the different solutions that were attempted um it just really seemed like there was just always an impasse that was never going to be never going to be able to be resolved so it led to very very difficult days (laughs) so yeah
0: Okay. And so tell me a little bit about this pivotal moment that you had in your when you were 40.
1: Well, it was that moment in in front of the bathroom mirror when I realized that this is not the woman I want to be and this is not the kind of life that I want for the rest of my life and I took I would say another 4 months I think it was carefully unraveling all of the layers of that revelation and I made the decision to end that marriage. And I moved myself and my kids out of that house and into our own house. And I began some really hard but beautiful work on, um, which is of course always ongoing and always evolving but of healing myself and getting to know who I really am at the heart of me and acknowledging and learning about my rejection and abandonment trauma and how that had shaped me and how I engage with the world and how I think, which in turn shaped the life I was currently living that I knew I needed to change. And I began to rebuild myself and my life, or better said, becoming the woman I wanted to be, true to my heart, becoming a better mom, present with myself, present with my kids, and creating a life of joy and love. Um Those shifts also included becoming incredibly selective of the people I choose to do life with. And currently, it's a small handful of truly authentic, accepting, supporting, and loving people who are also not afraid to speak their truth, even when it's difficult. And I've also, through this time, learned incredibly valuable lessons for how I want to do my career will say. And the most important thing to me again is the who that I work with. And as you mentioned, you know, in our introduction, that I am so lucky to work in a role that I absolutely love with a team that I love, with a company that I love. And, you know, through some hard lessons in my career in the last five years, even have taught me that at the end of the day, that's what I need to be happy. So mm-hmm. just recreating all of that for myself and putting myself in a position to really enjoy my life and my days and people that I do life with. So.
0: so take me back to that moment, Leah, when you decided to leave your marriage and you have your two kids with you and you move into a new place. For women that are listening today, what can you offer them in terms of words of of, of hope? Because that is so courageous and so brave of you to take that step. And I believe that many women don't take the step because they just don't, they don't even know what the first step is, really. So tell us, can you share a little bit more to provide some hope as to how you felt and and what you did when you first got, let's say, into that home? What did the first few months look like for you? Well,
1: at that time, I was already four and a half months into the Terrifying decision to leave um, because, as you know, this was my second marriage. So, the biggest weight on my shoulders was I'm going to blow up my family again. And I was terrified what that was going to do to my daughter and to my son. Um, But at the end of the day, I also realized that I really needed to stop focusing on my perception of blowing up the family because, at the end of the day, Our home was not a happy home and it was full of conflict, and my kids deserved better. And I quite literally feel like I fled that situation and I took myself and my kids and created a safe place for us where they could be themselves and not walk on eggshells and not be in an environment where you can feel the emotional tension in the air all the time. And so I would say to any other woman out there who is feeling like, her life is like that, the thoughts are scary. They are so scary, but our minds are the worst like horror storytellers, you know, and the reality is not going to be as terrifying as what your brain wants to convince you it will be, you know, and for me, I had to, I had to just rip off the bandaid and I literally walked away with nothing by choice. I spent the first few months in triage at that time. I literally just allowed myself to imagine myself in triage and it was just now time to rest and be calm and be quiet and sleep. The the amount of sleep after coming out of such a high conflict situation is just <laughs> it's mind-blowing sometimes when I think about how much sleep I needed then. And I just I didn't know the terms for it then, and I've learned a lot in the last 4 years, but when I look back now, I can see how activated my central nervous system was all the time and always with that anticipation of conflict and trying to move around it and do all the right things to not cause more or not cause explosions and to be in my own place on my own where it was calm and quiet and I had all of the things that I like to look at and the just putting beauty around me and Allowing my kids to have a safe place to come and rest and be calm, you know, that for me was the triage. And that was the first step of recreating and and reblooming. I just didn't see it as that then, but that really was the first step was just kind of the coming back to my center, you know?
0: Right. Absolutely. How powerful is that? Just coming back to your center and, and coming back to your feminine energy, which was energy that you had... Lost.
1: Oh, I don't know that I ever actually was ever in touch with my feminine energy because as the oldest daughter of three, you know, I was often in charge and was often relied on to be the, the little mother to her younger sisters, you know, so mm-hmm. it was a very, very unbalanced upbringing, which led to just naturally taking on that role in life and in all of my relationships you know, so it's, it's interesting when you really look back and dig into how your childhood shaped you. And you can see patterns down the road, you know, when you right. look back at it. You know.
0: And so with those childhood patterns, now you obviously can now see that you brought a lot of those patterns with you into your present. Are you going to bring those into your future?
1: I would say that the, the old patterns have transitioned into new and balanced patterns. So I use the skills that that upbringing brought me, but I use them differently now. Right? They're they're tools to use now and they don't define my existence and they don't define how I interpret situations around me and they don't define how I communicate anymore, but not knowing about it then, I can completely see how my life was created to support exactly how I was raised, which is exactly what I didn't want <laughs> for the rest of my life. So those skills I will bring forward, but those patterns have been broken. you know i I broke the cycle and i'm I'm breaking it for my kids too, because I was raising them on the same path that I was raised, and I've also broken that cycle.
0: So that's so beautiful, Leah, and that takes. So much courage and, and bravery to break that cycle. Yeah, I think so. we
1: are in a generation of cycle breakers more and more and more, you know, as women especially are coming to these realizations in their lives that there have been cycles that they've just repeated for years that maybe aren't the best cycles and it's time to learn about them and change them, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, who is Leah after her rebloom?
1: Well, I can't say that we're at the after point yet. I was actually laughing as I was thinking about this. You know, it's been four and a half years of reblooming, and I think there is still some some reblooming left to do. You know, coming through all of, I've, you know, I've done years and years of counseling. I mean, twenty years of counseling, but. This year, I started a whole new kind of counseling, we'll call it. And it was somatic based, really getting in touch with the inside feeling of all of this stuff. You know, talk therapy is great. And learning the mechanics behind how your brain functions cognitively is fantastic. But the best line I ever heard was, you know, the body never forgets, you know, Mm -hmm. and being able to combine both of those and really address how my how my central nervous system works when certain triggers happen, you know, and really digging into that rejection trauma and understanding how it impacts me even to this day. So I would say that as I'm continuously reblooming through this phase and creating this life that I want, that is always at the forefront of my mind. And I've just come into this new season as well of empty nesting, we'll call it where I'm a, I'm a mom 100% of the time, but I only have my son 50% of the time. And on those weeks that I don't have my son, and of course, you know, my daughter is grown and flown for, you know, all intents and purposes, she just visits from time to time. And I have a bed and Mm -hmm. breakfast, I operate for her. So, um, you know, On my empty nest weeks, I realized in September, this last phase, I'll call it of the current rebloom, was realizing that I felt like I didn't have a purpose on those weeks anymore. And I realized I needed yet another shift. And I had to shift my focus on what my purpose is during my free time. And I've turned that into volunteering time for a couple of organizations that really brings me fire to give my time to. And I think that's another beautiful reblooming as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's another one of those midlife transitions from motherhood into what's next hood, you know, but I'm still kind of got one foot on either side of that fence still. So it's, you know, a little bit of a nice balance still where I can still be there for my kids, but also do things for me, but they're also being done for people, you know, that get to benefit from me having the free time to be able to participate and you know help facilitate things for them so
0: right you know, it's, right it's how beautiful. how beautiful yeah how beautiful that is really the time that you've had obviously with your children is no longer the the, the same time or no. that they that they truly need from you, and yeah. so for you to be able to now. Take that time and move it into another area that truly needs you through that volunteer work. That's that's absolutely beautiful. And I'm sure that it lights up your soul, but it also lights up their soul to have you there too.
1: Well, and it's interesting too, even just now as we're talking, I realized that my kids also needed a different me. You know, one of the biggest learnings through this journey, and I think I think there's a lot more women, but I would say women and men, but, you know, for the sake of our conversation today, women who haven't learned self-compassion, I was one of those women, you know, Mm -hmm. compassion was a component that was not part of my upbringing, which is why I was a very, you know, like tough love parent as well. And I realized over the last four years that compassion and emotional validation are like the most critical components for our own healing, but mm-hmm. also for every relationship in our lives. And I've, I've completely changed my focus on how I communicate with my kids. And I put a big focus on compassion and emotional validation with them. And they are different kids because of it. Mm-hmm. So this whole reblooming phase of self-actualization, you know, I, I look at it and how it impacts my kids, especially, you know, and creating a safe place for them because that's not what I had growing up, you know, so
0: moving from conflict to compassion. Mm-hmm.
1: It's an and, incredible skill, but it is a hard skill to learn when you don't when you don't know it, you know?
0: Yeah. How how did you learn how to bring compassion into your life, Leah? How did you learn that skill?
1: Well, I will definitely credit Instagram and some wonderful psychology pages on Instagram. When I really realized that compassion was a huge missing component, I really dug into that. And I spoke to my counselor about it at, you know, quite extensively. And she gave me one of the best tools. You know, she would say, let's talk about a certain situation and how you would naturally perceive it and respond to it, you know, as it pertained to me or my kids. You know, it was easier with my kids to think about it that way. She would say, what would you say to your four-year-old daughter in this situation? And, you know, we would talk through that. And she said, okay, now can you see yourself as a four-year-old daughter? You know, and changing your perspective of those situations where it's so easy to be hard on ourselves, so easy to punish ourselves and have that negative narrative on the inside. When you grow up with an overly critical parent, you're constantly critiquing yourself as well. And compassion is just so foreign to you that when you stop and you actually talk to yourself the way you would talk to, you know, your Mm four-year-old self, it is transformational, you know, and you stop and you pause and you learn how to forgive yourself and you give yourself grace. And that that was huge for me, learning how to give myself grace Mm -hmm. and love and support. That's where safety came from, you know?
0: Right. From love and grace and support, you created compassion and you created safety for yourself and for your family. Yep. Beautiful. In closing, is there anything else you would like to share with any of the women that are listening today that can perhaps relate to your story in, in some way or form?
1: I do. I had two pieces, I thought, were the most helpful pieces for me, and they could possibly help someone else who is experiencing anything like this. But the one, the one biggest one, I would say was the most terrifying one, of course, uh, was to dig in and like, really Mm -hmm. dig in deep to yourself, get to know who you are, and get to know what you need and what you want. And learn to Feel okay with those needs, you know. I I was taught. I shouldn't say I was taught. I I should say I learned the survival skill of needs not being okay. Always feeling like I was too much, and you were not okay if you had needs. So just keep them quiet and do everything yourself. You know that hyper independence. But I would say to anyone else who struggles with those thoughts and feels the need to not rely on other people and is scared to ask for help because rejection hurts and sucks, dig into those needs and, and find a safe place inside to know that those needs are okay to have. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to have those wants. And it's okay to rely on other people and learn how to feel safe in yourself so that you can ask for that help. That is transformational digging, digging into yourself and learning how to be a safe place for yourself and other people. It's life transforming. It really is. And I'm just really lucky that I've had the right people in my life to support me on this journey. And that would be my my second piece of advice is be selective about who you do life with and mm-hmm. choose people very intentionally that you can trust, people that you can feel safe with, burying everything, you know, someone that you can tell all your darkest secrets to. Because without those people, you struggle alone and it just precipitates that cycle of, you know, mm-hmm. hyper-independence. And, That's not the way to healing, at least in my opinion, that's not the way to healing. But being able to do that hard work can create such a beautiful opportunity to bring in so much more joy and love. Yeah, I think that's what I would say.
0: Oh, Leah, you are truly a gift. And I am feeling so just in this moment, just as you and I are connecting here today, I feel so fortunate and so blessed to have you in my life, and you and I have done a lot of life together over the years, and I am just so proud of you to see your rebloom, your transformation, and where you are today and what you have created for your two beautiful and handsome <laughs> <laughs> humans yeah. that you have oh, in your life thank you. so thank you thank you so much for being here with us today and thank you for being so open and honest and, and vulnerable and and transparent I know that um, you have definitely you have definitely shifted a lot of minds and you filled a lot of hearts today mm-hmm. so thank you
1: thank you for having me. you're
0: so welcome you're so welcome well friends thank you so much for being here with us now enjoy the rest of your day Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. If you would be so kind to leave a five-star review so that other women can hear about this podcast, Rebloom, that would mean so much to me. You can also find me on your favorite social media platforms by searching my name, Tiffany Howgroot. Now friends, fully enjoy the rest of your day.